Our reading today is from Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. For we are what he has made us, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand to be our way of life. And 1 Peter 4, 10. Like good stewards of the manifold grace of God, serve one another with whatever gift each of you has received. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thank you, Carrie, for reading our scripture lesson this morning. And a big shout out and thank you to the band who does such a wonderful job for us using their talents and abilities. Especially there's a little challenge this morning. Uh, Warren's not feeling that great. Our prayers are for him and for healing. And, and um, so they had to do a lot of switching around the last minute, but they are so talented that they can do that. So we're just, we are so blessed <clears throat> by what they're able to do. and appreciate y'all. Let us pause for a moment of prayer as we prepare for this moment together. Gracious God, we just ask now that your Holy Spirit might fill us. You've heard our praises, God, lifted up to you. We thank you for the gifts that have been offered this morning in song. And we ask now, Lord, that you would gift us with an understanding of your word so we can apply it to our lives to be the people you call us to be. These things we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Back in the 80s, Dan Fogarty uh, wrote a song that became a real big hit. You'd hear it at graduation services. You would uh, hear it at baseball fields across the country. I don't know if any of y'all were, some of y'all are around ladies, so uh, maybe, maybe you hear, have heard this song before. Listen to a tune of it, a piece of it. Everybody remember that song? Yeah. All right. <laughs> I love that song. <clears throat> Not just because it's about baseball, but because of the spirit of the lyrics in that song. I mean, this is about somebody who wants to get in the game. This is about somebody who wants to play. They don't want to sit on the bench. <clears throat> he wants to uh, you know, put me in coach <laughs> attitude. He wants to get out there and contribute to the team and be a part of what's going on. And, and that's really what I want to talk about this morning in our message. Today, uh, as you see and you've heard, uh, we have our annual ministry fair and surrounding you and throughout this building are displays of various ministries that we have in the life of this church. And uh, we're hoping that you will take the time. We're going to have there some people here. Actually, some of them are going to li- listen twice this morning, so they're really getting the message because uh, they're going to stay here after the service and attend these, uh, these different tables and hoping that you'll come around and learn and, and to see all that's being offered here in our church. But this is to be 
more than just an opportunity for you to come and see everything that's happening here. This is an opportunity for you to consider how God might use you with your abilities and how you might plug in and be a part of these ministries that we're having here in the life of our church so that we can continue to be that vital witness for Christ in this community that God calls us to be. So we're looking for those people who have that put-me-in-coach attitude this morning. We're looking for people that understand the premise of the text that we've had read before us this morning that tells us that we were created to be God's servants, to serve God with our lives. In the text from Ephesians, Paul says, We are what God has made us, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand to be our way of life. So God created you to serve him. God created you to do good works. God made you so that you could make a difference in this world with your life. So the question is, do you understand what that means? Do we really understand what that means? I mean, what matters in this life, according to Scripture, is not how long you live. It's how you live your life. It's not the duration of your life. It is the donation of your life. We were created to serve God. Everything on this planet was created by God for some kind of purpose. You have the birds of the air were created to to fly and to sing. You have the fish of the sea created to swim. You have uh, bees created to make honey. You have cows created to make milk. And where do you have uh, tigers were created to win football games? Isn't that right? Uh, You know, we were all created to do something. Well, we as human beings were created to serve God. We were created to be ministers for God. I believe the reason that we are not taken up into heaven, the moment that we uh, accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior and receive that salvation, that we're not taken up into heaven, the reason for that is because we've got some things God wants us to do here. God has a purpose for your life. He has things that he wants you to accomplish, ministries he wants you to do, services to perform. Our text in 1 Peter kind of speaks to this where it says, Each of you should use whatever gift you've received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace. So we know this. We're, we're all different. Everybody here is different. and uh, Not everybody can get up here and sing. <laughs> uh, we have different abilities. We have different uh, talents. We have different interests, different passions. And there's a reason for that. God created you the way that you are so that you could accomplish the things that he created you to do here on this planet. One of the most prominent themes that you're going to hear throughout Scripture is this concept that God expects us, God created us for the purpose of serving him, of doing the things he created us to do. You know, when you reflect upon your Christian life as recipients of God's grace, song we just heard, you know, I'm clean. We have received that grace of God. We have received that salvation that comes through Jesus Christ. And so we all should desire. It should be our, de- our heart's desire to be people who are responding to that, that love of Christ in our life by seeking to serve Christ in every way that we possibly can. And and, uh, so I thought about this. I said, you know, I really shouldn't have to preach about this subject because this is such a fundamental part of what it means to follow Christ. We should all understand this, that if you were here with us last week, you heard us talking about it once again. We preach about this all the time, that as Christians, our life's ambition should be that of becoming more like Christ every day. That's what we're all striving for. Well, if 
we're striving to be more like Christ, that means we're going to serve like Christ did in the world. That's our mission. But unfortunately, that's not the case in most churches today. And ours is no exception. Uh, You've all heard the 80-20 rule, or the 20-80, however you want to say it, is that 20 people tend to do 80% of the work in an institution. Well, that's often the truth here in this church. We have over 800 members. We average 125, 150 on Sunday mornings. And we we got that 20% that's um, just pretty faithful about things. Uh, The church growth consultant, Wynn Arn, interviewed thousands of Christians across America several years ago, and he asked the question, uh, what do you think the church exists for? What is the purpose? What what does the church exist for? And this is what he discovered. He said 88% of the people who answered this questionnaire said the church exists to serve my needs and the needs of my family. In other words, instead of having that put-me-in-coach attitude, 88% of those Christians who are part of the church said that they understand that the role of the church is to meet my needs. It's more about what's in it for me attitude instead of put-me-in-coach attitude. Only 12% of Christians in America who are part of churches believe that their purpose as being a part of the church is to serve others. Well, where do you fit in that statistic? <laughs> are you one of those who is comfortable? You see it, uh, you're interested in being served by the church? Or are you more interested in being a servant of the church? I love the story about the first grade teacher who um, was questioning her class one day. She asked the question, says, what do you do around the house to help? And all of them came up with their various answers. One little girl said, I help dry the dishes. Another one said, I help sweep the floor. One says, I feed the dog. And they all had their answers about these, uh, this, this, what they did in the house to help. But one little boy didn't respond. He was sitting in the back of the classroom. And uh, so the teacher looked back there and she said, hey, Danny, what do you do to help out around the house? He said, I stay out of the way. <laughs> uh, it kind of reminds me, we have a lot, too, far too many people in the church who believe it's their job to stay out of the way <clears throat> when it comes to serving in the church. Actually, a Gallup poll has shown, uh, discovered recently, that only 10% of church members who are you know, members of churches, only 10% are actively involved in a personal ministry within their church. And what was the next statistic that I read was even more staggering. It says that uh, 50% of all church members have absolutely no interest in serving in any capacity within their church. And we wonder why the church in America is in decline. If we were truly seeking to follow Jesus Christ as be his followers, I think these statistics would be turned on their head. They'd be reversed. Because those who are seeking to follow Jesus Christ understand that it's fundamental that we were created to serve God. And we do that in a lot of variety of different ways. But when we entrust our life to Jesus Christ, when we invite God's Holy Spirit to come into us, then Scripture says that God gifts us with certain abilities, certain uh, talents and skill sets, and and, uh, even with personalities to be able to use for his glory, to serve him. God has given every Christian, all those who have claimed Christ as their Lord, he has promised, I will give you those abilities to do my will in this world. He gives us certain talents, abilities. His intent was that his church, the body of Christ in the world today, would be made stronger when we all use our abilities together for God's glory. As Paul says, 
God created us in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand to be our way of life. So each of you should use whatever gift you have been given to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace. The truth is we all know this. You've heard it preached. You've heard it taught in this church over the years. I I do it. It's taught in our Sunday school classes. This is just fundamental to who we are. And yet, I wonder why the statistics remain the same. Uh, One of the reasons, you know, I, I hear one of the biggest reasons today, specifically when we try to recruit people to help out in the church or serve in various ministries is I just don't have the time. I'm just too busy to, to serve in the church, volunteer, to help out anywhere. I just, I'm just too busy. And I get that. We're all busy. But here's what I know. We all want our lives to matter. We want to make a difference in this world. This is why we pursue the things that we do in life. We pursue our careers. We pursue our promotions and our leadership positions because we want our lives to matter. We want to make a difference. We encourage our children to get good grades or graduate, go to college or get a good job, make lots of money in hopes that they'll make a difference in this world. But here's the thing. There's nothing wrong with wealth or influence. But those things alone don't really change the world. They're not really what we were created for. Remember how Jesus said, what if you gain the entire world, but you lose your soul? We were made, we were created to use our God-given talents, personality, skills, to make a difference, to build up his church, to serve others in his name. That's where you really make a difference in this world. And this is also where you find your greatest joy in life. All these other pursuits that we often consume ourselves with, Scripture teaches us that those are going to ultimately end up in emptiness. Remember how... Solomon, at the end of his life, after he had acquired everything this world could possibly offer and experienced everything that it could be experienced, he reflects back saying it was all meaningless. Chasing after the wind. On the contrary, Jesus says it is giving that you receive. He was talking in the context, it is giving of yourself, it is serving others, it is following the way I have taught you to live. It's then that you truly receive. We get the most joy out of life, and we make the biggest difference when we're using our gifts and abilities for God's glory. That's just the way it works, because that's how we were made. And so I thought, you know, this morning I'd I'd like to give you some reasons why you should be a part of what all is going on in the life of this church and find ways that you can serve God. Now, you do that through your careers and other ways, but we all have to share our abilities where we can. So I'm going to share with you eight reasons this morning very quickly. Eight blessings that you can have as a part of serving God in the church. You might want to write these down to remember them this morning. Because eight reasons, you ever get to think about why should I do this? Well, here's why. The first blessing that we experience in serving others is that serving others allows us to discover and to develop our spiritual gifts. In 1 Corinthians 12, we are reminded that how how Paul compares the church to a human body. The human body has, is made up of many different parts that have unique uh, abilities. But churches made up of people have different abilities. But alone, those things really are useless. It's when they're put together that it creates something beautiful. And that's the way it is in the church. 
This is a place where you can explore, where you can learn to develop, to try and to, to discover your spiritual gifts. And I think about that in the church, how we have watched young people in this church grow up using their abilities, like here in the worship band. Uh, you, many of you remember Bennett and Gabe was in there young children, but look at them now. Uh, you, you see people grow up in the life of this church serving in various areas. Uh, they serve their, their singing, their uh, teaching. They're using their abilities in leadership positions because they're, they're discovering how God can use them in those ways. They're developing those talents and abilities for God's glory. It's a wonderful thing. This is a place where you can try, where you can explore, where you can discover and develop your spiritual talents. The second blessing we experience is that uh, serving allows us to experience God's miracles. I think back when Jesus was at that wedding in Cana of Galilee, and you remember how the wedding couple's um, wine began to run out <laughs> for their guest, and they began to panic, and Jesus said, hey, you know, have your servants, told them to pour some water into several jugs and to go serve that. And when they began to serve these jugs filled with water, the water turned into wine. Now, the, the guest... They didn't know what was going on. They, they just thought, hey, you saved the best wine for last. Uh, but it was the servants who got to experience that miracle. They knew what was going on. And that's the way it is when we serve God. We get to experience God's activity, God's work uh, in the lives of others through us when you serve. I, I'm here to tell you there is no greater joy in this life than knowing that you're being a part of something that is meaningful that is impacting lives, and you see God working through you, and you realize that you're doing something that has eternal significance, there is no greater joy than being a part of something like that. Serving allows you to experience God's miracles. The third blessing we experience is that serving allows us to experience a joy and a peace that comes from obedience. I think Deuteronomy captures this well in the principle he says, I am setting before you today a blessing and a curse. The blessing, if you obey the commands of the Lord your God that I am giving to you. A curse, if you disobey the commands of the Lord your God and turn away from the way that I command you. Here's how I hear that. You know, everybody wants to be blessed, but not many want to obey. Jesus says in Luke chapter eleven twenty-eight, Blessed are those who hear the word of God and obey it. We are blessed. We find joy. We find peace in our lives when we are living in accordance with God's will. A fourth blessing we experience is serving God helps us to be more like Jesus. Remember, that's our ultimate goal in life is to become more like Jesus. Well, serving God helps us to shift our focus from ourselves onto the lives of others. That's living like Jesus. Uh, we begin to see others the way that Jesus saw them. We, we begin, our hearts begin to break for the things that are breaking the heart of God in this world. And ultimately, we begin to see Jesus in those whom we serve. Serving others in Christ's name, it, it totally changes our outlook on life. It changes our outlook on other people. A blessing we experience is that when we serve, we are surrounding ourselves with other Christians that can help us to grow and help us to follow Jesus Christ. When you, when you find yourself working alongside of others, whether it's in the men's group or whether it's teaching with others or singing the choir, whatever, the singing group, whatever it is, inevitably a bond between you is going to develop with those people. It just, it's a wonderful thing that happens. I, I'm reminded of Chris Lawton, who you remember is 
recently passed away in our church, but he went with us on a mission trip to Mexico. And uh, he went to the early service, and he always sat in the back row back there, he and his family. And, and I, I, I remember him saying along in that trip, he said, you know, I go to church, I see these people every Sunday. All my life I've seen them. I didn't know them. <laughs> he says, now they are my brothers and my sisters in Christ. That's what happens when you serve alongside of other people. And this is actually God's plan for how the church was to work. Uh, he says in Hebrews 10, spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up the meeting of together, but encouraging one another. Because in doing so, we are blessed. We get to behold God's glory. A sixth blessing I think we get from serving others is that serving increases our faith. When you seek to serve other people, it is a stepping out of faith for you. It is moving out of your comfort zone. Anytime you move out of your comfort zone, those of you who have done this, you know that God has a way of strengthening and increasing your faith by revealing new potential that is within you and within the church. Looking back on some of the things we've done, we're like, I had no idea we could do that. That's awesome what we did together. Here's the thing. When you begin to see God at work in your life, you begin to experience the power of God working through you, then you start looking for those doors that God is opening instead of running from them. You start living lives of boldness instead of lives of timidity. A seventh blessing I think we get from serving is that serving allows us to experience God's presence in new ways. Serving and blessing go hand in hand. It really does. As we seek to serve others, we find that we are blessed. Any of you that have ever gone on a mission trip or, or served in a capacity with, with others, whether it's Kids Hope or whether it's you know, serving in any capacity, it's often those people who come back home saying, wow, I received so much more than I gave. That's just how it works. Uh, when we serve other people, we are the ones that end up being blessed because this is why we were created. We get to experience God's presence in new ways. The final, the eighth blessing that I came up with is that serving is simply good for your soul. It's just simply good for your soul. The studies that have been done about this, countless uh, studies that have pointed out how uh, serving others is good for your health, it's good for your for physical health, uh, it, it helps you to uh, calm stress in your life. Depression, uh, those who have gone through depression, you'll often hear the recommendation being to go out and to serve other people, help somebody else, because that takes the focus off of yourself. Serving others builds self-confidence. It renews your passion. It renews your, your outlook on life. Serving others gives you a sense of purpose. It's simply good for your soul. I could go on and on with this, but I think you get the point that we are blessed when we're seeking to serve God with our, our abilities to build up his church and be a part of the ministry that God has for us. That's when we find deep blessing because we're doing what we were created to do. Now, even knowing all of that, we still hear the excuses, the um, no uh, explanations as to why we don't have time and stuff. Um, and those, that's what they ask. It actually is. You know, I don't have the time. I wouldn't know what to do. Um, I don't have any special skills. They don't really need me. And, and the list goes on and on. But here's the reality. God doesn't call the equipped. God equips those who are called. That's the way God works. And there's no doubt that all of us have been called. 
to serve him in some way. Throughout history, you read about those who had the same doubts, the same excuses. Remember how Moses said, I, I, don't, I can't be a leader. I can't even speak well. And yet God used him to set his people free from slavery in Egypt. You have David, who was the, the youngest of all the sons of Jesse, and he was the most insignificant. And yet God used him to slay the giant and to become the greatest king Israel has ever known. You have Paul, who used to kill Christians until he met Jesus. And God used him from that point on to become a great apostle and the greatest church planner in history. Here's the thing. God doesn't want to just work through you. God wants to work in you. He wants to put you in the game so that you can experience all these blessings that we've been talking about. So what about you? (laughs) Do you have that put-me-in coach attitude? Are you willing to be put in the game to serve God? Or are you content just sitting on the bench, on the sidelines? My daughter, Michelle, who sings up here, um, she gets the opportunity because of her singing to go sing the national anthem, a lot of sports events. And, uh, and uh, it's, it's a real blessing. And when she often gets to go to LSU sporting events, they call her to come for some of those. And, and uh, that's a real treat because I get to go with her. And uh, at these, when she sings the national anthem, they always have to get, bring you down where the team is, on the floor level or out in the field where, the, where you're close to the team and you get to see them. And, and again, that's a treat because I get to go with her when <laughs> she does that. And uh, we were at one of the LSU basketball games. And, of course, for the national anthem, she has to go down the court. And the, the team was doing their pregame uh, workout. And, uh, and uh, all of a sudden, I saw at the corner of my eye a basketball coming toward us. And so I instinctively reached out and grabbed the, the uh, stray ball. And I'm holding it. And I, I know one of the LSU players is like, hey, over here. And so I, like, you know, do like a best taught gym class long years ago. <laughs> Put the ball at him, or, you know, and just for a moment, just for a moment, I had that thrill of feeling like I was in the game. You know, just a second. Um, it's, it's fun going to a game. It's fun sitting in the bleachers and cheering your team on. It's fun, you know, do that kind of being a spectator. But there is no comparison to being in the game, is there? I always wanted to play Little League Baseball when I was a kid because that was the thing big in our town. And yet uh, the problem was I wasn't any good at it. So I sat on the bench for most of the games. And uh, it was fun cheering my team on and being a part of the team. But again, there's nothing like playing in the game. On those nights when the coach said, hey, Willis, you're in. <laughs> there's just no comparison. I came home from those nights just a different child. I was, I was pumped. Well, again, what about you? Are you ready to get in the game? Are you willing to have that put-me-in coach attitude? Are you willing to experience all these blessings that we've talked about that come from being a blessing to others? This is what God created us for. This is where we find joy. This is where we find meaning in life. So are you ready? Are you willing to get in the game? Are you willing to say to the Lord your God who created you, put me in, coach? I'm ready to serve. This is the call we hear today upon us all. Let's pray. God, as we hear these words in this text that we've been reading this morning, we acknowledge that we have heard your call, yet sometimes for fear or for all these reasons, God, we've just kind of been content sitting on the sidelines and cheering others on and 
I believe, Lord, that you call us to the areas that we're gifted. There are some who are called to be center stage up front, doing things in the front lines. There are others who are called to be in the back, supporting, doing what often seems insignificant but very essential. That from praying, that from encouraging, there's something all of us are called to do, God. Help us to have that spirit today to turn to you and say, Lord, here I am. Use me. Put me in, coach. I want to make a difference for you. I pray your blessings upon this church as we seek to be the church you call us to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let us all stand and sing our final song together.